If you could turn your Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 12, verses 15 and 16. Romans chapter 12, verses 15 and 16. Uh, if you're wondering where Romans is, Romans is in the New Testament, the second part of your Bible, second half of your Bible, uh, the fifth or sixth book in your New Testament. We're going to be looking at chapter 12, verses 15 and 16 together. You guys are an amazing church. And uh, we are really glad to be going through a series here together. It's called Sweeter Than Honey. Everyone say Sweeter Than Honey. And this series called Sweet and Honey is all about relationships. It's because we absolutely believe that the most important, the most precious gift that God has given to you is your relationships. And in fact, it's not how many records you break, it's not how much money you make, it's not how many vacations you take. What's gonna determine your happiness in life more than anything else, what's gonna determine your success in life and the legacy you leave more than anything else is the quality of your relationships. If you believe that, say amen. And that's why over the next several weeks, we are looking at eight essential keys to having happier, healthier, sweeter, and stronger relationships with one another. We kicked off our series a couple weeks ago with a message called The Power of Gratitude. And you know, just a couple mornings ago, you know, my wife Charlene, my son Bradley and I, we were eating breakfast at the breakfast table in our house. And uh, I was you know, putting on uh, you know, uh, an attitude of gratitude like we talked about in the message. And I just wanted to be thankful as many things as I could. And so I, I said to Charlene, my wife, I said, hey, Char, thanks so much for making my life so easy and she smiled at me and goes JB thanks for making my life so easy and then you know what my, my five-year-old son uh, he Bradley he's watching us and watching this exchange and he goes no mommy no daddy thanks for making my life so easy and it just goes to show that when you choose an attitude of gratitude it is contagious amen it has the ability to transform your relationships from the inside I'll tell your neighbor choose an attitude of gratitude today Amen, amen. So that's what we talked about in week one. In week two, we talked about what we called the respect revolution. We talked about how respect is about treating others as having value and worth just as they are. And we talked about seven different ways that you can show respect to other people. Talked about listening well to one another. Talked about you know greeting one another well. Talked about little things like you know how you acknowledge what they do. Little things like you know going out of your way to show respect to them. Because when you go out of your way to show respect to people in little ways, it makes a big difference in your relationships. If you believe that, say amen. Today we're looking at the third essential key to sweeter, stronger relationships, and I'm really excited to share this message with you. To help you and to help me uh, introduce this topic this morning, I have two special friends of mine. Uh, they were here for session one of our Sweeter Than Honey series. Uh, you saw them giving each other these really very touching uh, words of thanks to one another. They're here to do something a little bit different today. Uh, could you please welcome uh, Marcy and Raul? Uh, could you give them a big, big hand right now? All right. Marcy and Raul, uh, they are uh, not going to be sharing words of thanks to one another this morning because uh, they do that often and every day. Uh, we're going to ask them to do something a little bit different. We're going to be asking them to do a little skit for you guys to introduce what we're talking about this morning. You guys ready? Are you guys ready for an Academy Award winning performance right now? Are you guys ready for that? Uh, we are going to be asking Raul and Marcy, uh, who are a married couple, they're a lovely couple, they're going to be doing something that's very out of character. They're going to be talking about and acting out for you a couple that is really not getting along. Are you guys ready? All right, let's give Marcy and Raul a big, big hand here right now as we watch them do what they do. Here we go. Rick, how come you didn't pick up your stuff when you got home? I'll get to it in a minute. It's been a whole bunch of minutes already, and your stuff is all over the dining room table. There's papers, your jacket, there's kids' toys on the floor. I'm trying to make dinner, and I'm tripping over everything. You know, I've had a long day at work, all right? I'm just fried. I wish you would just do things when 
you came home and you didn't wait for me to ask you. I wish you just took initiative. Again, I was just tired, all right? You haven't even asked me about my afternoon. I just spent a whole hour on the phone with your mom yelling at me about some cousin of yours who insulted her. Let me guess, and you were real sweet about it, I'm sure. You know, maybe you just need a more patient wife. Maybe I do. Maybe you should go find one then. Maybe I will. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That was not that comfortable to watch. Something that, 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 that strikes way too close to home for some of you guys. And see, what is that? Can we give Marcy and Raul a big hand again? Thank, thank them for that Academy Award and performance. You know, what's going on in uh, this little skit you just saw? How did a complaint, this very small, minor complaint about putting your stuff away, how did it all of a sudden snowball into this argument about whether or not this husband and the wife would even stay together anymore? How did that happen? See, a lot of relationship experts would look at the scene that you just saw and they would say, oh, I know what the problem is. The problem here, it's communication. They didn't learn to communicate properly. They're not using their words carefully. They need to you know, respond to each other in a better way. And, and, and see, here's the thing. I'm not arguing with you that I believe communication is an issue here. If you watch that, you know, if you've been through our series earlier this year called Happy Healthy Home, we talked about 10 commandments for fighting well in your marriages and your friendships. And, and, and here's the thing is there was some communication there, uh, issues there for sure. But can I tell you that there's a deeper problem here that we're going to talk about this morning? See, the deeper problem here is not a lack of communication. The deeper problem here that we're talking about today is a lack of something called empathy. Everyone say empathy. See, today, what I want to share with you is called the empathy effect. We're talking today about the role that empathy plays in our relationships. Now, what is empathy? Why don't you take good notes today and write this down. See, empathy is the ability to understand and to share the feelings of another person. See, empathy is you putting yourself in the shoes of someone else so that you can feel the way they do, so that you can think from their perspective. And see, more and more family counselors, marriage counselors, psychologists, they're starting to recognize and acknowledge the importance of empathy in a relationship. For example, there are these family researchers called Philip Cowan, Carolyn Cowan, and Nira Mita. They did this 20-year study of over 300 families where they, they watched these families grow up from the firstborn child going to preschool to their elementary school years to high school. Over 20 years, they watched over 300 families. And they found this. They concluded after watching these 300 families, they said this. They said, relationships in the home suffer less from a failure of words, that's communication, but more from a failure of imagination which is the ability to imagine what the other person is going through. It's something called empathy. Everyone say empathy. In other words, what they're saying is the key missing ingredient in so many relationships, the reason why that relationship is not doing well is due to a lack of empathy. Let me ask you this question today. Is there a a relationship in your life today that can really benefit from some more empathy? You know, thousands of years before relationship experts started talking about empathy, do you guys know the Bible was talking about empathy? And now, you might be hard-pressed to find the actual word empathy in your Bible, and that's because the word empathy is a really new word in the English language. It's only been around for about 100 years. 
And you know, empathy, in fact, started as a, as a visual arts term. Do you know that? If you went to the Vancouver Art Gallery maybe 100 years ago, and you were looking at a painting, there would be a curator there saying, okay, look at this painting with empathy. Or look at the sculpture with empathy. It's the idea that project your own feelings into this object that you're viewing. It was a visual arts term that people used. And then a few decades later, into the 1930s, psychologists would start using the word empathy to talk about counseling and, and how to treat a patient. But it's only been the past few decades that empathy has entered our common day language. And so even though you don't see the word empathy so much in your English Bible, you're going to find that the, that the concept of empathy is all over the Bible. It pervades the word of God. Look at Romans 12, 15 and 16 together in a loud voice with me. Read it. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. You know, sometimes I find it's helpful to read it in another translation. Let's read it in our message. To paraphrase, what does it say? It says, laugh with your happy friends when they're, down, when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. See, what, what's going on here? What is Paul talking about to his church in Rome? He's saying, hey guys, if you want to love one another well, you want to learn to empathize with one another. When people are happy and rejoicing, you want to get in there and rejoice with them. When they're grieving and they're sad, you want to grieve with them. It's all about empathy. Everyone say empathy. Look at a couple more verses. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. If you guys awake in this place, read with me and help me preach this morning. One, two, three, it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Another one, 1 Peter 3, 8. What does it say? Read it. One, two, three, it says, finally, all of you live in harmony with one another, be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. See, it's talking over and over how we need to step into each other's shoes, learn to relate to each other, learn to share each other's feelings, because that is all part of a close relationship. If you believe that, say amen. Let me tell you this today. We all have a need for empathy. You and I, no matter whether you're young or old, whether you are male or female, we all need empathy empathy. You and I, we all have this desire to be heard. We all have a desire to be understood. And see, in your most joyful times, you want empathy. When you, something happens that's good in your life, you, you got a promotion at work, or you got some good news regarding your schooling, or you got, you know, some good news in your family, you want to share that with others. And you'll even wait for that exact perfect moment to share that good news. You'll be like, honey, I've got something to tell you, but not now. Over candlelight dinner, I'm going to tell you. All right? And then you'll say, guess what? We're expecting. And he'll be, oh, are you serious, baby? I'm so happy. Oh. And, and it's, what is that? That is empathy. The last thing you want is, we're expecting. And he'll be like, oh, that's nice. Can, I, can, you, can you get me the peas, please? See, you don't want that. You want empathy because you want people to share in your joy. If you believe that, say amen. And in the same way, you know, I remember a few years ago, um, I, uh, I was watching a movie in the theater by myself. And I've got to explain that a little bit. Is that, you know, over the past 14 years that Pastor Charlene have been, ha, and I have been married, is that over time, uh, we've decided that when we go to movies, that it's okay for me to go to movies by myself. Just because Charlene, it, it takes an act of God sometimes for her to stay awake during a movie. All right? And so just to, just to you know, save some money, I'll go by myself. And I have no problems with that. Because I'm not watching the person, I'm watching the movie. All right? And, and, and I'll watch this movie. And, uh, and one time, I'm watching this movie. 
And, uh, and it's such a good movie. It's such a good movie. And, and it was such a good movie that's so good that I was like, you know, Char, you got to see this. I was thinking to myself, Char, you got to see this movie. And, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to see this movie. I don't want to find out what happens in this movie without Charlene beside me. And so at, at, at some point in the movie, it's about maybe 10 minutes away from the ending. It's about 10 minutes from the most climactic part of the movie where everything gets resolved. I'm sitting in my seat going, oh, it's so good, but no, I, I, should, I should go. No, should I go? Oh, no, I, and, and so you want, at the end, I, I decided to leave, and I ran out because I was like, you know what? When I see this ending, it's going to be with Charlene. Yeah, that's right. Some of the girls are like, aww, right? Some of the guys are like, that's just weird, man. You just wasted some money right there. But see, this is the thing. It's because I want her to share in something that I was enjoying. That is about empathy. Everyone say empathy. In the same way, in your bad times, we want empathy. Not, you know, in our good times, we want empathy, but in our bad times, we want it maybe even more. Early in our marriage, I remember Charlene, she might come out from a bad day at work, long day at work. She comes home, and we're at the dinner table. She's telling me about this day and how these certain things happened, and then I'll just be there going, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And then, and then after a while, there'll just be silence. And she'll be like, Javi, you're not, not going to say anything? And I'll be like, uh, well, um, what, what do you want me to say? And she would be like, well, I mean, how about something like, oh, poor baby, or, or something like that? And I'm like, oh, poor baby, poor baby, I'm sorry, it's tough. And you know what, for that, for her, that actually helps. She's like, you know what, that actually helps. Because even though I had to pry it out of you, it sometimes helps to have a little bit of empathy. If you believe that, say amen. And, you know, in, in the same way, you know, I mean, in early in marriage, how many of us know that guys need empathy like girls do? Amen? Is that, you know, guys, you know, I, you might relate to this, is that I, I remember early in marriage, Funny how much you learn in the first couple years of marriage. You know, is that I remember I was in, at home and I, I accidentally stubbed my toe. I was like, ugh. And I was like, ah. And then in the corner of my eye, I looked at Charlene and just, just to see if she noticed. And she, heard, she didn't hear it. She didn't hear anything. I was looking for some empathy. I was like, uh, she didn't hear it. So, so, so I was like, ow. I, I raised my voice. And she said, oh, oh, are you okay? Oh, poor baby. Poor baby. And you know, now she's gotten so expert at showing empathy that even when I bump myself and I don't even say ow, she'll be, oh, are you okay? Oh, poor baby. She, she'll, she'll do that. She even did that a couple days ago. It's because we all want empathy. Everyone say empathy. Here's a question for you. How empathetic are you? How good are you at sharing the thoughts and the feelings of other people? You know, one of the reasons I believe why social media is so popular nowadays, one of the reasons why people are all over Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, and all that stuff is because we need empathy. We want to share our feelings instantly with others. We want to be able to get feedback instantly from others. And that, that's part of the reason why, you know, social media is so popular nowadays is because we want empathy. And see, here's the thing. What is it about empathy that we want so much? What is it about empathy that makes such a big difference in our relationships? Well, why don't you read this with me or look at this with me right now. We're going to look at three ways that empathy affects our relationships. Write this down. Take some good notes this morning. One, the first is this. is Empathy helps you build warm, deep, and close relationships. Is that, see, empathy is a bridge builder. Empathy is what, two what makes two people in a relationship or in a friendship feel like, you know what, this person gets me. This person understands me. This person is there for me. And see, empathy is arguably the most important factor for two people to become close friends and to stay close friends. See, without empathy, a relationship can be warm, it can be somewhat deep, it can be close, but if the empathy goes away, the relationship will change into something that's cold and superficial and distant. If you believe that, say amen. 
And see, to, to use a pop song analogy, when there is no empathy in a relationship, that relationship will go from that classic 60s Beatles song, I want to hold your hand, I want to hold your hand. It'll go from that all the way to, you know, the classic, or it's not classic because it's modern now, Charlie Puth's, we don't talk anymore, we don't talk anymore, we don't talk anymore like we used to do. It's because there's no empathy. Relationships change when there is no empathy. And see, without empathy, you can go from two people walking side by side, hand in hand. Without empathy, you become two ships that are almost like passing in the night. You're missing each other. You're not really sure what's going on in each other's lives. And you're probably assuming the worst about one another. It's because empathy is necessary to build warm, deep, and close relationships. If you believe that, say amen. Number two, the second effect of empathy is empathy makes you a better lover of people. There's a New York Times best-selling author called Daniel Pink, and he puts it this way when it comes to empathy. He says, empathy is about standing in someone else's shoes, feeling with his or her heart, seeing with his or her eyes. Not only is empathy hard to outsource and to automate, but it makes the world a better place. See, we can be very self-centered and self-consumed when it comes to relationships. We're all about, oh, what does that person do for me? Look at everything I do for them. How about me? What have they done for me? See, empathy helps us to step outside of ourselves and actually start to see things from their point of view. It's, it enables you. When you have empathy, you're able to make connections more easily. You're able to serve others more effectively. You're able to speak more sensitively. People in business, you need empathy. You know, people who are teachers and leaders, you need empathy. Parents, especially, they need empathy. See, when you've got empathy, annoying people, people you find difficult, they all of a sudden become easier to tolerate and easier to bear. Whether it's in your marriage, it's your friendship, it's a parent-child relationship, it's relationships at work, without empathy, you're going to find that your ability to love people, your ability to maintain close relationships will always be very limited. Tell your neighbor, say, we need empathy. We need empathy. Number three is this. Empathy helps you to avoid unnecessary conflict and resolve them more quickly. See, empathy, when you have empathy, it helps you to not get into unnecessary arguments, not get into unnecessary fights. And when you do fight, when you do get into arguments, empathy allows you to resolve it as quickly as possible. For example, you know, I, I, I go to the gym from time to time. I just renewed my membership at a local gym here in the city. And uh, there was one thing that made me hesitate uh, to renew my membership. Do you know what it is? is that at this gym that I go to, and some of you guys go to this gym too, because I see you guys there, is that uh, there's this one woman who, for some reason, has no problem uh, picking on me uh, every time she's there. Is that she will, you know, say, after I get off a treadmill, she'd be like, did you clean that treadmill? Or, no, you did not clean that treadmill. You need to clean the treadmill this way, right? Or, or, or she will be like, um, you know, like, are you on your phone? Don't you see the sign? There is a phone, it's a sign that says no phone. You need to, say, you need to take your phone away. And, 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 and she would, she, every day when I see her, she would, she, it's almost like she's ready to say something. And all, after a while, it's like, oh no, not her again. And you know, there's one day, uh, just, uh, just a, a little while back, when I was on the treadmill, I'm running. And all of a sudden, this woman, she comes and she, she stands on this treadmill beside me. And she starts walking on this treadmill. And I look at her, she looks at me, and I'm like, okay, what now? In my mind, I'm like, oh no, what are you gonna say? And all of a sudden, she had a smile on her face. 
And all of a sudden, she started to talk to me in a way that I, I'd never heard her talk about. It's almost like she'd never met me before, and she was so nice. And, and, and after a while, I was like, hey, how, how are you these days? And while we're running, she's like, well, I'm very, it's, today's a very special day for me because today is 100 days since my husband had passed away. It's 100 days since my husband passed away. And uh, I'm proud of myself for still coming to the gym. And, and see, for her, part of her grieving process was to go to the gym. She would even go to the gym and she'd get one of those wristbands. She'd take the wristband off and she'd wrap it around her backpack. So that if you see her backpack, there's like hundreds of, like these, of these wristbands there. Because every one of those wristbands signified for her that she'd gone through one more day without her husband. Even though he, she missed her as much as she did. And, and for me, it's all of a sudden, all of a sudden, have you ever been mad at someone or upset at someone? And you even had a speech prepared about them. And then all of a sudden you find out something about them that you didn't know before. Something about their background. Something about what they've been through. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Or all of a sudden it caused you to look at that person a lot differently. And you think to yourself, man, maybe I should not be as hard on that person as I was. If you can relate to that, say amen. See, that happens from time to time. It's the power of empathy. You know, in my relationship with Charlene, one thing that we've found is that whenever... Uh, we get into arguments. And see, we don't have the perfect relationship. We've got a great relationship. We, I believe we've got an amazing relationship. But we still get into arguments from time to time. And when we do, I find that the turning point in the argument is usually when one of us or both of us starts to learn to empathize with the other. Is when we start to talk about, okay, what did you go through? What did I go through? Oh, that must be tough. I'm sorry that that happened. And all of a sudden, the conversation starts going from us fighting one another to us standing side by side and realizing, you know what? we got to just understand each other a little bit better than we did. We need more empathy. And see, empathy has this way of saving us from unnecessary conflict. Empathy has a way of resolving conflicts before they come. And so that's why if you're mad at someone today, can I suggest you need to be mad at that person with empathy. Why? It's because if you don't have empathy, then what's going to happen is you're going to deal with your anger the way that the Incredible Hulk of the Avengers deals with anger, which is no discretion at all. It's just smash, smash, smash. You, be, you, might be no, you won't be discerning in what you say. You're not going to be discerning in who you blame. You're not going to be discerning in how you say things to the other person. You're just going to just create damage wherever you go because you lack empathy. But when you have empathy, you can hold yourself back a bit. Without empathy, you're going to hurt people unnecessarily. Without empathy, you're going to blame people unfairly. Without empathy, you're going to judge people very strictly. Without empathy, you're going to speak insensitive words to other people. Without empathy, you're going to place unrealistic expectations on the people around you. But when you have empathy, all of a sudden, you might be upset at that person, but because there's empathy in your heart, you're just a little bit slower to judge. You're a little bit quicker to forgive. It's because empathy helps us to resolve our conflicts more quickly. If you believe that, say amen. And see, here's the thing. Being empathetic does not mean that you won't ever say a critical word about someone. But empathy allows you to, when you have to speak that word, to speak it with greater sensitivity, to speak it with greater accuracy, to speak it with more effectiveness so that it actually builds the relationship rather than hurt it. So here's a question for you here at this place today. What is one relationship in your life where you need to show more empathy? Who is someone in your life who needs more empathy from you? See, maybe the reason why you and that person are not getting along very well right now 
Maybe it's your home, maybe it's at work, maybe it's in school, maybe it's just someone that you call a friend. Is that the, the, maybe the reason why you and, that, you and that person are not getting along up to this point is because you've been so focused on your side of the story. You're so focused on what you've been through, how you feel, how you've been hurt, and you up to this point have yet to take their side. You've yet to understand things from their point of view. You know, there's a saying that goes, walk a mile in a person's shoes before you start to criticize that person. In other words, understand where that person is coming from before you criticize. It's talking about empathy. What's the bottom line here? Why don't you write this down? You can't have healthy or deep relationships without empathy. You just can't. Empathy is absolutely essential. And so since we all have a need for empathy, and since empathy is so crucial to our relationships, I want to end this, this morning by talking about two things. Number one, how do you show empathy to others? Number two, how do you grow in empathy for others? Is it possible to show too much empathy? Yes, it is. It is possible. See, it's important that when you have empathy, and you might be someone who's very naturally empathetic toward others, it's important to have some self-control when it comes to empathy. Because you know what's going to happen? If you don't hold it in check, if you don't set some healthy boundaries around empathy, what's going to happen is that you or others are going to suffer. If you don't put boundaries around the empathy that you show, you might end up burning out what people call empathy burnout, is that you are so focused on, so consumed by the feelings of other people that it stresses you out. It keeps you awake at night. You have no peace in you because you're always thinking about what other people think. You know, if you don't keep your, 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 your empathy in check, you can become a doormat that other people just step on all the time because you just always, oh yeah, have your way, have your way, have your way in an unhealthy way. If you don't keep your empathy in check, what, what else will happen is you might mislead people and give people the wrong idea. You're trying to be empathetic to people and they're, they're thinking, oh, is this, is this, does this person like me? Does this person want to date? Is this person interested? And so that's why it's important to talk about having self-control when you have empathy. If you believe that, say amen. And, and that's why in a couple weeks, in a few weeks, we're going to be talking about boundaries in relationships because I think you'll find that very, very interesting. But here it is. While it is possible to have too much empathy, it is not possible to have healthy relationships without any empathy at all. And so that's why I want to talk to you about how do you show more empathy to others. By the way, you've heard the word sympathy, right? What's the difference between sympathy and empathy? See, a lot of people get those two confused. There's a subtle difference. See, see, sympathy is when you feel bad for someone. Sympathy is when you feel sorry for their loss or sorry for their suffering. It's you feeling for them. Empathy is slightly different. It's where not only do you feel for them, but you feel the way they feel. You can relate to how they feel and think in that moment. And see, God calls us to be sympathetic. He also calls us to be empathetic. How do you show more empathy to others? Let me give you three ways we can do that. Write this down today. One, two, three, it says, ask the other person how you, they are doing and do so sincerely. Number one is ask the other person how they are doing and do so sincerely. See, showing empathy begins with asking. And so we want to ask, are, are you all right? How's life for you these days? How are you doing? Find a good time to ask them. See, when you ask sincerely, you're showing that you care about that person. Don't ask insincerely. Have you ever asked insincerely before? In North America, we're famous for asking people insincerely, right? Something goes by, you're going this way. Oh, hey, hey, how are you? Yeah, all right. Oh, hey, how's it going? What is that? That is, you know, no one means to be impolite or insincere, but that's the effect that's given when you walk by someone while say, hey, how's it going? 
Because it's like, okay, are you really asking sincerely? Don't ask if you don't mean it. Ask sincerely if you do. Tell persons who ask sincerely. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we can be slow to ask. Sometimes it's because we think, oh, that person doesn't want me to ask, or that person doesn't want to talk, or that person's fine as they are. I don't want to pry. I don't want to make things awkward. And so as a result, you know what happens to the relationship? It never goes deep. The relationship ends up being at this very superficial place, all because you never bothered to ask how they're doing beneath the surface. And you could be buddies, you know, basketball buddies for years. You can, you know, go to clubs for years. You can, you know, do all such as mountain climbing or yoga or whatever for years. And it ne you never go beyond a superficial level of friendship or relationship, all because you never bothered to ask. See, here's what I found. When you ask because you care, when you ask genuinely because you love that person, you can't go wrong. And so just ask. All persons just ask. Ask thoughtfully. You know, hey, besides school, how's everything else in life? Hey, you've married for like two years now. How's married life for you? You know, how's life at home? You've got two kids now? That's, that must be crazy. How's that going? You know, in the skit that we saw earlier today, what could the wife have done before she complained to her husband? What could she have done? What could she have done? She could have asked, right? She could have, she could have said, hey, hey, honey, sounds like you've had a really tough day. Like, tell me about it. Well, are, are you okay? How was your afternoon? What could the husband have done before he's just like, oh, I'll do it in a minute. No, I forget. Yeah, I'll just do it. And just kind of, before he's vegging out on the couch, what could he have done to show empathy to his wife? He could have said, hey, baby, it looks like you've had a really tough afternoon. Like, it looks like, hey, man, it's crazy here. Are you okay? How's it going? How was your afternoon? When we ask, we show that we care. By the way, husbands, when your wife asks you how your day was, Here's a little tip for you. Don't give a one-word answer, all right? Don't just go, hey, honey, how's your day? Fine. How's work? Good. Because here's the thing. When you do that, you give your wife no insight into what, you're, what, what, what actually went on in your life. And so she then thinks, he must be fine. So here, oh, there's diapers that need to be changed. There's laundry that needs to be folded. There's trash that needs to be taken out. And so could you do those things? Oh, oh, oh. how could you do that? Did you, do you know what kind of day I had? But you said fine. See, here's the thing, is that if, if you are going to be asked by someone you love, oh, how's your day, then can I encourage you, speak a little bit more than just one word. Amen. Amen. I know guys speak a little bit less than girls, uh, but uh, you want to do that so that you can give empathy and receive empathy. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Do you know when it's especially helpful to uh, ask? It's when you're upset at someone is that you might have, a, have all, this, all these words planned, a whole speech planned about them, but then when you ask, hey, how's it going, it gives you an in on their lives to find out, is there anything else that I should be knowing about him right now that would change anything that I'm about to say to this person? It's about being, being, being empathetic and learning to ask. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22 with me. Can you read a loud voice with me? 1, 2, 3, it says, Now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply from the heart. Ask sincerely. Ask from the heart. Nowadays, you know, Charlene and I, we ask each other every day. We ask each other often, hey, how's it going? How's your afternoon? How's work today? How's your night? How's time with Bradley today? How's that class? We'll ask each other often because asking is just one way to show that you empathize with the person and that you care. If you believe that, say amen. Is this helpful in this place this morning? Let's look at number two. Why don't you write this down? Listen well and seek to understand how the other person feels. If you want to grow or you want to show empathy to others, it's about learning to listen well and to seek to understand how the other person feels. You know, last week we talked about listening well. 
We talked about how listening well is an important way to show others respect. But it's not just about showing others respect. It's also about showing them empathy. See, when you listen well, without you saying a single word to that person, you are sending a message to that person. You are saying, I care about you. You matter to me. But when you don't listen well, and you don't really make an effort to show that you're listening, that sends a different message, which is, I don't really care about you. Whatever you have to say is really not that important. And see, if you want to show empathy to others, it's so important to listen well, which means, and I said it earlier today, like, put the phone down, right? Take the earplugs out. You know, face the person, don't face the screen. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, yeah, oh, oh touchdown, woo! Oh, sorry, what'd you say? What'd you say? See, this is the thing. We need to learn to listen well. It's about making eye contact. It's like, don't be easily distracted. Nod to show that you get it. Don't yawn when other people are listening. Oh, oh, so boring. Don't do that. Listen well. Amen. Listen well. Take, you know, if you, if you need to, reflect back what they're saying. Say to them, oh, you know what? Like, I, like, uh, I, I think I hear what you're saying. You're saying it was a really tough day. The boss was really on your case. I'm so sorry. So sorry you had a tough time there. It's about learning to listen. Well, Torah nudge them and say, listen well. Amen. It's about not interrupting, letting them talk. James 1.19, what does it say? Read it in a loud voice with you. One, two, three, it says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. See, listening well, how many of us know it can be difficult when the person that's talking to you is upset at you? Don't you find? Is it when the person is not happy with you and they're upset at you? Listening well and, you know, being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become, that can be especially hard, especially if they're saying things that are not easy to hear, especially if they're saying things in ways that are not easy to digest. It can be very tough to listen well. And if that's the case, if you find yourself in that kind of situation, can I give you a suggestion today? Listen for the deeper meaning behind that person's words. Listen for what they're really saying behind the words that you're hearing. See, when, when a wife says, Husband, you never come on time. You're always late. I always have to tell you what to do before you take the initiative to do it. What, what, what is that? See, you, you have a choice. As a husband, you have a choice. You can, you, know, you can run away, all right, which I don't encourage. Number two, you can get defensive and escalate the fight and go, oh, yeah, wife, what about you? You never do this, and you always, and, and, and it, just, it just escalates the fight. There's a better option, and can I, want to tell, can I tell you what the better option is? Is listen for the deeper meaning behind that person's words. You can say, hey, honey, I, I think what you're trying to say, if I'm hearing you correctly, is that it really hurts you when I show up late and I don't tell you in advance. And I think what you're trying to say is that you feel like you're taken for granted. You feel like you're not important to me. You feel like I don't really appreciate you. And can I tell you, I'm so sorry. I never intended to make you feel that way. It was just my bad. I simply forgot. Isn't that so much better? Amen? Amen? And you can say at the end of it, after that's resolved, you can say, hey, and by the way, can you please not say, I never come on time? Because I actually really do try to come on time. And I'm often on time. So please don't say, I never come on time. See, what is that? That's listening the deeper meaning behind that person's words. Maybe what they're really feeling is not anger like it's coming out. Maybe what they're actually feeling is sadness and it's because they're, they're saying, I miss you. 
or I, I feel like I'm not important to you. And that's why they're lashing out in anger. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 5 with me. Read in a loud voice. Everyone in this place, help me preach this morning. One, two, three. It says, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, but a man of understanding draws them out. See, what is it saying? It's saying that in you and me, we have all this stuff, especially if we don't, don't reflect on it, especially if we don't process it, especially if we're not careful to choose our words, you know, you know, in a, in a wise way. When those words come out, a wise wife, or a wise husband, or a wise leader, a wise parent, a wise friend will be able to hear all the stuff that's coming out. Some of it is easy to hear, some of it's not easy to hear. You can hear it all and is able to say, okay, I think I get the meaning behind it. I'm going to draw it out. Out, 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 of this, out of this noise, I'm going to draw out what is the, the, the true thing that this person is saying. I, I pray that you and I would have that kind of discernment when we have conversations that are not easy to have. If you believe that, say amen. Here's another trip, but here's another thing is, of course, sometimes there is no deeper meaning, right? Sometimes there's no deeper meaning. Is that sometimes, please, honey, take out the garbage just means, please, honey, take out the garbage, right? You don't have to analyze that too much. You're like, oh, what, what does she mean when she says, please take out the garbage? Is she saying that I'm garbage? Is she saying that our relationship is garbage? Is she saying that I have to clean up my act? Like, what, what, what is that? You don't, have to, you don't have to do that. See, all she means is that probably what she means is that there's this garbage that's been in the house. It's starting to stink. You just have to take it out. All right? Don't overanalyze when there's nothing to analyze, but be discerning. Tell persons you be discerning. Amen. Is this helpful in this place this morning? Here's another tip about listening is this. Write this down. One, uh, fo- write this one down. Focus on your partner's feelings more than on the situation that created those feelings. Focus on your partner's feelings, not the situation that created those feelings. What do I mean by that? See, part of empathizing with another person is recognizing that you two are unique people. You're unique individuals. And that how you react to a situation might not be the same as the way that that person reacts to that same situation. See, for example, you know, you know some people to the same situation, some, some, some person might get really excited. Another person will be really scared. And some people, they'll be really angry. Some people will be really sad. See, different people respond differently, sometimes to the same situation. And, and, and see, here's the thing. The key is not to say, well, if I was in that situation, then I wouldn't feel that way. So don't feel that way. Just stop feeling that way. Like, if I'm in that situation, I wouldn't feel that way. See, you're missing the point. If that's how you talk and that's what you say, you're missing the point about empathy. It's about saying, okay, even if you feel differently, even if you respond differently, you need to understand how that person feels and how that person experiences that situation and empathize with that feeling. If you believe that, say amen. And so say, say you have a friend who, who really loves their, their pet cat, Fluffy, okay? Uh, and it's a fluffy cat and he loves this cat, you know, sleeps with this cat, spend, spend, spends all their time with this cat, and then one day the cat passes away. And say you were never crazy about that cat. Maybe whenever you went to visit your friend, that cat would, you know, want to, you know, mate with you or want to, like, you know, like, it was, was never kind. You wanted to bite you all the time. Well, if you hear about the, the passing of your friend's cat, Fluffy, the thing to do would not be to go, Fluffy's dead? Oh, phew. Oh. No, see, that's, that's the wrong reaction. If you want to show empathy, you empathize with your friend's feeling, even though you feel differently, maybe, on the inside about that situation. If you believe that, say, amen. Amen. It's about learning to understand their point of view. Number three, serve that person in the area of their felt need. See, in other words, if you can, 
try to do something or say something that's going to serve that person in the place that they're in, whether it's a joyful place or it's a hard, difficult place. See, if you can't make a connection between what you have experienced in the past, if there's a situation that was similar that you can relate to, and you're like, you know what, yeah, I, I told you what you mean. When I, when I went through that, that was, uh, that, was, um, that was a really, really tough time. I know it's hard. I'm so sorry. But if you can't relate to that situation, if the situation is one that's so different from your experience, something that you cannot really relate to at all, then all you can do is this. you can just say, I'm sorry, that must be hard. I'm sorry, that must be really hard. You know, it, and it's more than just what you say. There's, there, there's how you spend time with them. It's your presence. Is that how many of you know that through your presence, you can show empathy? Is that when you go out of your way just to be there with that person, just to sit with that person, you don't have to say very much, but the fact that you go out of your way to sit with them, to spend time with them, that can be showing empathy. When you offer to say, hey, can I pray for you? Hey, let's pray right now. Let me, let me just pray for you right now. That can show empathy. When you speak a, an affirming word to that person, when you encourage that person, that can show empathy. When you call them a few days after they told you the news and you just say, hey, just want to check up, with you, check, check up on you again and just see how you're doing. How's it going, man? How's life? You know, how, how are you holding up? That can show empathy. See, wh what I'm trying to say is this. True empathy is always followed by some kind of action. It's, it's, you do something, you say something to let them know that you care. For example, when your wife or your mom is tired from washing all the dishes, what's the empathetic thing to do? Not just, oh yeah, hey mom, yeah, good luck with that. Thanks, yeah, I, I, I empathize with you. No, no, you, you get in there and you say, hey mom or dear, let me do it. I'll do it for, for us this time. See, if, if say, you know, you have a team and you've got a team member on your team who's working really hard, working overtime all the time, you can say, hey, hey, you know, I know you're working really hard. You know, why, don't you, why don't you go home and just get some rest? You need some rest. That is showing empathy. Say, say you know, your boss is tired of being the boss. You can go up to that boss and go, hey, let, let me be the boss for a little bit. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And by the way, you're fired. But, yeah. See, what's the point? Is true empathy is always followed by action. I remember I was living in Taiwan uh, many years ago. And, you know, whenever you're living in a new environment, you know, sometimes you miss the old environment that you're in, right? For those of you who are living, uh, you're newly uh, moved to Canada or newly here in Vancouver, then you know what I'm talking about. When I lived in Taiwan, uh, you know, I would, every four to five months, I would start really missing Vancouver. And I remember I was in one of those seasons where I was really missing home, really missing Vancouver, and there was a friend of mine, and we are at church, and we are about to go to a prayer meeting, and this friend of mine, he knew that I was having a rough time, and so do you know what he did to serve me in my time of need? Do you know what he did? He did two things. Uh, he, he did one thing, which is he, he bought me fried chicken. All right? nothing, nothing shows empathy like fried chicken. All right? uh, he, he brought me fried chicken. I really appreciate it. Uh, Yensuchi is what it's called. And, then, uh, and he did one more thing. He's like, hey, I know you really miss home, so I brought something for you. He took out his computer, and he, he, he pointed to Google Earth. You know Google Earth? And he, he typed in my address, and he's like, hey, look, it's your house. <laughs> and you know, it was such a small gesture, but it meant a lot to me that someone would go out of their way to buy me fried chicken and to show me my house on the computer because it showed that they were thinking of me and they knew that I missed home. And see, it's, it's in those little ways that we serve one another that we can really show each other that we care. If you believe that, say amen. 1 Peter 4.10 says it this way. Read in a loud voice with me. 1 Peter 4.10, do we have that? Do we have that? All right, let me read it out loud. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. See, if you want to show more empathy to others, it's about asking sincerely. It's about listening well. It's about serving the other person. Finally, to end today, how do you grow in empathy? 
you know, how do you, if you're someone who doesn't consider yourself to be that empathetic, then how do you grow in that? Can you grow in that? Let me tell you, studies show that uh, women on the whole tend to be more empathetic than men. And all the women in this place said, amen, right? Yeah, some of you are very quiet about it. Oh yeah, amen, but it's true, it's true. Um, some personality types tend to be more empathetic than others. But here's the thing, studies have also shown that if you can place yourself in the right environment and you can be intentional about showing empathy and developing habits in that direction, that you can actually grow in empathy. In other words, you're not just born with a certain level of empathy and it just stays that way. It is possible to grow in empathy. And so let me just end today by talking about a couple ways that you can expand your empathy in this coming year. Number one is this, practice showing empathy to others. Take all the tips that we've talked about today, asking sincerely, listening well, serving people in their area of felt need. Practice it, because you're going to find this. Empathy is not just a feeling. Empathy is a skill. It's a skill that you can actually get better at with practice. And the more you practice empathy, the more you'll grow in empathy. If you believe that, say amen. You know, after 17 years of being together, Charlene and I, uh, we've gotten, I think, pretty good at empathizing with one another. Charlene is so good at empathizing with me that she can tell when something is wrong almost before I know that something is wrong in me. It's like she, she, she can tell right away, and she'll be, Jay, are you okay? And, and, and we'll talk about it. I can never hide any secrets from her. That's how empathetic she is. And, you know, there's another one is if you want to grow in empathy, one, number, n- number two is meet regularly with others who are committed to showing empathy. See, if you want to grow in empathy, it helps to surround yourself with the right people. There's a, there's a verse in the Bible, it's not on your screen, but it says that as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And, and so in other words, it's that your environment and the people you surround yourself with really, really matters. And so you know, for, that's, for that reason, I love my small group here at Thrive. Is that right now, Pastor Charlie and I, we're, we're leading a small group of, of young families right now. And, and you know, it's people who regularly meet together. We share our highs and our lows. We talk about what's going on in our lives. We, we pray with one another. We'll talk about what we learned in the sermon. We'll encourage one another. And, and just by being there in that environment, just by being around others who are committed to showing empathy, we grow in empathy for one another. We grow for, in empathy for the people even outside of our group because when you meet regularly with others who are committed to showing empathy, you grow in empathy as well. If you believe that, say amen. That's why if you're not part of a small group right now, can I encourage you? Be part of a small group. Starting this week, get into a small group. It might be one of the best things that you do all year. In fact, in this coming small group, I'll give you a little preview. This coming small group, uh, we're going to be doing something called an empathy quiz. It's not a midterm exam, don't worry, okay? It's not going to determine, uh, you know, what you do uh, in terms of after schooling. But it's a, it's a little quiz to kind of, kind of gauge where are you at when it comes to empathy and how can you grow in empathy. So I hope you join us for small groups this coming week. Another thing that you want to do if you want to grow in empathy, write this down is grow in your relationship with God. Grow in your relationship with God. How many of you guys know that God is full of empathy, Amen. God is full of empathy. In fact, when you read scripture over and over, it talks about how God has a heart that is full of empathy. Psalm 86 verse 15 says, but you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Everyone say compassionate. Everyone say gracious. That's God for you. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9, it says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. See, over and over, the Bible, both Old Testament and New, talks about how 
God is a God full of compassion. He's a God whose heart reaches out to others. He's a God whose heart wants to feel what you feel. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4, it's one of my favorite verses. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those who in any trouble have trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. See, what are these verses saying? It's saying that God has empathy, and God has empathy for you. Is that when God looks at you, he doesn't just look at you with a judgmental attitude. He looks at you with empathy. As high and holy and almighty and perfect as God is, God looks at you and me as small and imperfect as we are, and he has empathy for us. There's a reason why the Bible calls God your heavenly father and a God of all comfort. There's a reason why his Holy Spirit is called the comforter. There's a reason why Jesus is called our great high priest who empathizes with our weakness. It's because God has empathy for you. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Have you ever experienced the empathy of God before? Have you ever experienced that in your life? Where you experience how God empathizes with you. You know, the first time I experienced the empathy of God, I was in my last year of high school. And I was in a Christmas play where I was part of the stage crew. I was dressed all in black. And every time the lights went out, that was when I would get up on the stage. I'd be moving equipment with a bunch of other guys. And I remember it was like four or five days of performances and everything was going well. And on the last day of that performance, my parents came to see the performance. And at the end of the performance, the lights went up. I started moving all the stuff. We're taking things down for the one final time. And I can remember this like it was yesterday. I'm, I'm up on the stage. I'm, I'm moving this bed because there was a bed on the stage. And then my, my parents all of a sudden yell at me and go, JB, drop that bed right now. You are not lifting anything right now. That's dangerous. You're going to hurt yourself. All in front of my friends. All in front of my friends. I was like, uh, Dad, Mom, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I've done this all week. It'll be fine. They're like, no, 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 no. You're coming home with us right now. We don't want you to hurt yourself. And so I was like, seriously, it's going to be fine. No, no, it's in order. It's you just come with us. And I had no choice. I had to go home with them. I didn't have another ride home. And um, I sat in the back of the car. And, man, it was one long, silent ride back home. Because I felt like, okay, I know my parents, they just, they, they, they're just saying it because they care. But at the same time, it was kind of embarrassing to go through something like that. I remember I went home. I went to my bedroom, and I, I, a friend of mine gave me the CD of these, these worship songs that she was listening to. I put the CD in the CD player, and in the darkness, I was like, all the lights were off in my bedroom. The door was closed, and I was just feeling pretty bad at the moment. I put on the CD, and there's a song on that CD. And all of a sudden, as the song's playing, as I'm sitting there in the middle of my room, it's like as I'm, as I'm sitting there, I just sense the presence of God in my room in a way that I'd never felt it before. I sense it almost like as if, as if heaven was giving me a hug. And it's almost as like the Father was saying, you know, I know you can do it. It's all good. Don't worry. And, you know, it was in the, that moment in a, in a way that I'd never quite experienced before. I felt the presence of God and I felt the empathy of God in a very real and powerful way such that I could leave that place and I wasn't angry at my parents anymore. I could somehow empathize with them because I had received the empathy of God. And can I tell you this? If you are going through a tough time today, can I, know that, can I, can I tell you this? God's heart goes out to you. He wants you to know he is with you right now. He wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know that he understands what you're going through and that when no one else seems to understand, he understands. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 says it this way. It says, so then, 
Since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. See, what are these verses saying? It's saying that there is no one who empathizes more with you than Jesus. That because God loved you and he empathized with you, he sent Jesus Christ's son to step into your shoes, to take on your clothes, to put on the struggles that you go through so that he could understand what you go through, so that he could feel what you feel, see what you see, and identify with your struggles. There is not a single emotion you will ever feel in life that Jesus has not felt before, that Jesus does not understand. When you are brokenhearted, Jesus understands. When you feel betrayed and abandoned, Jesus understands. When you feel like you've lost everything, Jesus understands. When you feel like you're being unfairly treated, Jesus understands. When you feel like you are tempted, Jesus understands. When you feel misunderstood, Jesus understands. Amen. That is Jesus for you and for me. Jesus understands. Aren't you glad that you belong to a God who no matter what you go through, he's not just a high and holy God and looks down and goes, what's wrong with you? He looks at you and goes, I understand. He's a God who gets down to where our level is and he puts on our shoes, puts on our clothes and says, I know exactly what you're going through. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is tempted like we are in every single way, Jesus, the son of God. Come on, give God a big, big hand here in this place because that's the kind of God that you belong to. Come on, give Jesus a big shout in this place together right now. Come on. When we were separated from God because of our sin, the most empathetic action that's ever been witnessed in all of history was when Jesus Christ not only put on your shoes, not only put on your clothes, not only lived the life that none of us could live, a perfect life that met all of God's requirements, but one more thing, he died on the cross for our sins. He identified with our pain. In fact, he went beyond your pain. He went beyond the pain that you will ever go through. He died on the cross for you so that you wouldn't have to be separated from God. He empathized with you, and then he went 1,400 miles beyond that. That's what he does for you and for me. And so when you think about the empathy of God, the greatest example of empathy that you will ever see is Jesus Christ, because he died for you. So if you're running through a tough time today, can I tell you this? Don't run away from God. Run to God. Run to him. Come to church regularly. Spend time in God's presence. Learn to develop the habit of a daily time with God. Because if you want to grow in empathy, the best thing you can do is to, is to draw close to Jesus. The more you get to know Jesus, who is full of empathy, the more you will become like Jesus and have more empathy as well. Come on, if you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place. If you're learning something in this place, give him a shout as well. Come on. Amen. Amen. Has this been helpful for you this morning? Are you learning something this morning? You know, this morning we uh, started off by having uh, our friends Raul and Marcy uh, do a little skit of a husband and wife that we're not getting along. Do you want to see the sweeter than honey redeemed version of that skit right now? You guys want to see that right now? Can we give Raul and Marcy another big hand as they come up right now and show us that? And uh, we'll get the band up as well. Praise God. I had an awesome morning with you guys. 
If you've learned something from this morning, tell the person next to you, give them a high five and say, I'm so glad I came today. Praise God. Well, you guys saw the uh, very unempathetic version earlier today. Here is the sweeter than honey version of what you just saw. Hey, Rick, your stuff is on the floor. Does that mean that you had a tough day today? I did, actually, and it looks like it's not just my stuff. You might have had a difficult day yourself, right? Yeah, you know, the kids, or toys are everywhere, and I just got off the phone with your mom. I know my mom. That must have not been easy. Thank you for putting up with that. Yeah, absolutely. Let me go ahead and get dinner started then. How about this? I'll clean up a little bit here, and uh, let's order some fried chicken. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. Can we give Marcy and Raul a big hand? You guys did great. Praise God. (laughs) Fried chicken, I love that. Praise God. Why don't you stand up to your feet? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to just lead you in a time where you can respond to the word of God that you've been hearing this morning. Today we've been talking about the effect of empathy. How we can't have healthy, deep relationships without empathy. And we are here in this place today because if you might be here and you find that you are lacking empathy for a person in your life, then you realize that you need to show more empathy to them. If you want to grow in empathy so you can be a better lover of others, so that you can have happier, healthier, sweeter, stronger relationships, then here in the presence of God and in the presence of people here, I'm just going to invite you right where you are, regardless of what your neighbor's doing, I'm going to invite you to respond to God right now by lifting your hand to God on the count of three. We're just going to respond to God, praying with you and for you and for your relationships. If that's you in this place, why don't you lift up your hands to heaven right now on the count of one, two, three. Lift your hands high to heaven right now. Lift your hands high to heaven right now. Lift your hands high to heaven right now. Why don't you reach for him right now? Just reach for him right now. And why don't you just start praying out loud in your own heart, in your own words right now. Start talking to God today about what you learned in today's message this morning. Why don't you all start, start, start praying out loud right now from your own, in your own words, from your heart. Just start talking to God in this place right now. Jesus, we want to thank you this morning. Thank you, God, for your powerful word. Thank you, God, for your powerful presence. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you so much for your amazing love. Thank you, God, for empathy without limit. Thank you, God, for your forgiveness. Thank you, God, for your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do, for all that you are. Love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, for everything. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Amen. Why don't you pray this prayer with me today? If you realize today that you need more empathy, you need to show more empathy, why don't you pray this prayer with me right now with your hands raised to heaven. Say, Heavenly Father, I realize today that I can't have loving relationships if I don't have empathy. And so please help me to have more empathy for the people in my life, to show more empathy to the people I live with, the people I work with, the people I see every day. Give me courage. Give me wisdom to show empathy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give God a big hand here in this place together right now? Amen. Still with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, then we want to give you an opportunity to do so today. 
It's the most precious, most important decision you could ever make to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Bible says that apart from Jesus, we have no way to God. No matter how hard we try, no matter what, we what good we think we do, no matter how good we think we are, there's no way we could get to heaven without Jesus. Only Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Only Jesus rose again from the grave. And if you want to receive Jesus into your life today, he will forgive you of your sins and give you a brand new start and a relationship with God through him. And so why don't you pray this prayer with me? If you uh, have already prayed this prayer, just pray it again with those who are praying for the first time. Let's pray this out loud together. Let's lift up our hands and say, Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you loved me, that you sent Jesus, your son, to die on the cross, to forgive me of sin, and to rise again, to give me life. I receive you, Jesus, into my life. Forgive me of my sins and be my savior, be my king. I thank you that because of you, my relationships can be healed. Because of you, I have a new relationship with you. And because of you, the best is yet to come. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Come on.